The following content is a live panel discussion taken from the second World Tennis Conference in association with the Global Professional Tennis Coaches Association and the Seagal Institute, whose founder, Fernando Seagal, moderated the discussion. If you missed any of the event, you can still sign up to watch exclusive presentations by the likes of Boris Becker, Janko Tipsarevich, Ivan Lubcic, Gilles Savara, Brad Gilbert, Tony Nadal, and many, many more. Simply go to worldtennisconference.com to subscribe. With three main speakers of the conference, Oscar Wegner is with us. Hi, Oscar. Hello. Juan Manuel Esparcia. Hi, Juan Manuel. Hello, Fernando. And also Guido Frasque. Hi. Thank you very much to be in the first live panel to talk about tactical development. To introduce, we're going to start with Oscar. And Oscar will introduce uh, about his principles. But more important to know that Oscar is a well-known coach all over the world. He created MTM methodology which is having a university and preparing thousands of coaches all over the world. Thank you to be with us, Oscar. Thank you, Fernando. Okay, so I'm going to give you some basic concepts that we can discuss and talk about afterwards. Tactics and technique are intimately related. The ability to reproduce a tennis shot with confidence and efficiently is dependent not just on constant practice, but also on how to use the physical universe forces such as gravity, rotation, and air resistance, and combine them with one's body physical forces in in the most advantageous way. We could say that athleticism in tennis is fundamentally dependent on finding the ball, feeling the impact, and finishing the stroke, and recuperating from the effort in a specific way. So this way, we have different players that play a little bit different, but always have these fundamentals. They use that. They find the ball, they feel it, and they finish. Okay. Recuperating from the effort in a very specific way is part of the stroke now because the player has to defend himself quickly. So this way we have an adult forehand, an adult to have the backhand, you know, a feather forehand, yeah, a feather 100 backhand, a Djokovic 200 backhand, you know, third volley, third serve, Djokovic serve, Nadal serve, Medvedev strokes, and so on. These are recognizable in practice or in match situation as the player's identity. That's what we can see who is playing, even if we are not very close. So the tactics refer to what the player would do in a match to create a winning situation to ch- or to change losing situations into winning ones. So top players rely on simplicity to develop, develop powerful shots. Feel is paramount for a player's performance. To magnify feel, players roll the ball in the strings. You know, that's the modern way. More topspin, more rotation. This is why topspin adds to the gravity to bring the ball down. A ball that is rotating in the case of Nadal, say 4,000 RPM to 6,000 RPM, ends up weighing with a rotation in their resistance more than five times. So this also depends on the racket model, you know, on the tension of the strings, the quality of the strings. But basically the player is like touching the ball and yanking it backwards, which is a funny thing. The force goes backwards in order to bring the, the arm up here, you know, like Djokovic or over the hill, 
like sometimes like Nadal or Federer who just rotate the racket and then it ends up like near the elbow. Also, tennis is a very slow sport. <laughs> People will laugh at it, <laughs> laugh at it. But the ball between baseline and baseline loses 60% of the speed. And if you play like Nadal way back, he's a hundred mile an hour ball is becoming a 30 mile an hour ball for him or a 20 mile an hour ball because he stays behind the baseline. So there is something that uh, regulates the time that the player perceives. The mind has the mechanism of measuring time, you know, by relying on the pictures, which are about 30 pictures per second that we are recording. So just like in a film, if you slow down a film, you see the picture jumping from one picture to the other. So if you're tall in present time, you know, and you're not like looking at the picture, not thinking, and you're totally focused, you start seeing the ball slower, which the, we call the zone, you know. And so thinking makes the ball look faster. And then if we are just observing in present time, we see the ball slower. So the kinetic change also is how we move the body together. Good. And what happens in human beings, we have the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. And the left side of the brain controls the right side. So I prefer to coach right foot, right hand, you know, because I feel more because I don't have to jump from one side of the brain to another side, which they sometimes fight each other for control. I use it for the backhand too, which is unusual. You know, but with the William sister, for example, they learned to play the backhand open stance from the father, you know, eh, who taught them several of my techniques. And they had huge backhands, 200 backhands. And then they were known for that because they were different than the norm. So these are just reflections that help with the game. In I done a tennis university where you know, I have a lot of coaches that have joined and they, they present also the, some of the viewpoints, you know, and I have courses there. So I definitely enjoy these presentations and I turn it back to you, Fernando. So Thank we you. have Thank time for everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar, for uh, all your insights, for sure. People can uh, do questions after the presentation of Juan Manuel and Guido. Let me introduce Juan Manuel. Juan Manuel Esparcia is an ATP coach and also he was a director of uh, planning of the, the Tennis Federation of Madrid. He was working many, many years with a wonderful player, Guillermo Garcia Lopez. Actually, he's working with other several uh, ATP players. It's a privilege uh, for second time to have you, Juan Manuel, at the World Tennis Conference. Thank you to be with us. Thank you, Fernando, for the introduction. And uh, once more, thank you very much to the GPDCA and Instituto Segal for counting on me for this uh, second uh, World Tennis Conference. In this panel of uh, tactics, I would like to, to also say, as uh, Oscar, a few reflections on, on, on tactical training, let's say, on tactical training. And when we talk about uh, tactics, uh, we have to talk about patterns of play. We have to talk about uh, uh, solving uh, problems. And we have to, uh, to talk about decision making with the intention to try to damage or neutralize the opponent's uh, game and with the, with the goal, of course, to make uh, the maximum points and to win the, and to win the matches. But tactics uh, are not the only necessary tools um, uh, for a player to, to play at his best, uh, uh, at their best uh, performance. The shots must be efficient, uh, the physical, the mobility, and, and also the, the mental part 
uh, it is it is very very important for the player to deliver uh, their best game uh, with uh, with confidence. If we check of uh, today's tennis, uh, we see uh, often uh, players who are uh, very well gifted technically and tactically with multiple weapons, uh, with almost no weaknesses, uh, very strong physically and mentally, and they move uh, very well. Uh, the players, they need to, to adjust their games to a very high demands, at, uh, as, uh, such as the high ball speed. Uh, tennis today, is, it is played very, very fast. Uh, the players almost have no time to, to think and, and make decisions. Tennis, you know, has continuous changes of uh, pace and high level of uncertainty and stress. So anticipation, anticipate uh, the opponent's intentions play a very, very important uh, role in the, in the tactical, let's say the tactical pillar in, uh, in our sports. Tennis is a game by, by opposition in which one player is acting, the other player is reacting. And what is very important, not only to be able to conduct the points, but also to be able to defense and to counterattack. And that's why um, the panels of, of play, uh, when we talk about panels of play, we talk about the sequences of uh, shots um, are very, very important. The first thing that we have to take into consideration is uh, the player skills, you know, uh, what is the player, what the player is capable to do with uh, their own uh, game, with their own uh, tools. And we have to try to build uh, patterns of play that are, um, that, he, that he or she can do in a confidence way with, with, with the skills that they have. And also panels of play that can be adapted to a different um, uh, patterns from the opponents in different situations. So as I said before, it's very important uh, in today's tennis, you know, anticipate to, to opponents' uh, intentions uh, to make decisions really, really fast. And I think it's extremely important those days that the players are playing in a more automatic, uh, in a more automatic way. Of course, training is very important for, for the players to be able to, um, uh, to, to learn uh, those patterns. And here I will introduce some of the important premises that I use uh, with, my, with my players to be able to, to, to install some, some patterns of, uh, of play for them. And I think through the practice is, uh, is where you have the most chances uh, in, to, to implement those patterns to the players. The first thing is to maximize the player's tactical assets through integrated training. Get the player actively, emotionally, and consciously involved. Focus to enhance strengths and awakens the ability to seek solution in adverse, in, in adverse situations. A specific training approach oriented to total transfer to competition. It is very important that, uh, that we practice in a way that everything we do is transferable to, to a real competition situation. Use the mixed training with a high level of uncertainty to help the players play in a more automatic uh, way. Use the constraint-led approach to speed up the process of adapting uh, to the different game uh, situations. Challenge players constantly to make decisions under pressure. And producing resourceful rallies, yielding opportunities to closing up decisive points. And creating immediate game-changer tactical action play after serving and returning. I think manipulating and constraining um, the, the, the situations when we are practicing is, uh, is, is very important. If we want the players to, to solve solutions by themselves and, and we are able to, to provide uh, with, uh, with the best scenario for them to, to try to, to, to react quickly and to try to solve problems by themselves, I think it's the best way for them to learn uh, the different patterns that they can be effective uh, when they play with different opponents. 
I think you all know about the constraint-led approach. I'm not going to go deeply on, on that, but uh, happy to answer questions later if uh, people uh, need some uh, more information about that. But this is something that I used um, constantly in, in, in all the practice and is giving the players um, a huge um, opportunities to, 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 to implement the, the, the patterns and also uh, to, to improve. Of course, to install the, the tactical patterns um, is, is very important when you, I mean, during the, the, the practice that you practice in, in all the different uh, game situations. Uh, the start of play, you know, uh, try to, to make sequences of shots with the surf and, and with the return. Uh, during, during the uh, rally exchange, you know, that the players are able to place the ball to change the direction and also to unbalance the, the opponents. I mean, create opportunities that unbalance the, the opponents. Uh, practice, you know, um, in, in different phases uh, of play and gave the players the opportunity uh, to, to read or to, as I said before, you know, to, to have different type of uh, situations where they have to make decisions quickly and that they can learn to anticipate uh, the opponent's uh, intention. And of course, identify the opportunities uh, to, to use their best shots in order to, in order to, to, close, the, to close the points. Also, it's very important that we are, you know, that we consider the competition as a pathway to develop those tactical patterns. And let me give you an example. Let's say we are practicing on, on different patterns of play that the players, they have to, to learn to, to be able to play in a more automatic uh, way. So we have to not only um, try to do that on the practice, but also uh, to, to force the players to, to be able to, to deliver in the competition. So when we pick the different tournaments, uh, we can decide in which type of surface the player has to play or in which conditions the player has to play. And that might force the player to, uh, to, to use some tactical patterns uh, to adjust his own style or his own skills uh, to the situation. So if we are uh, able to pick the right tournaments, we are actually helping the player uh, to, to improve those patterns that probably in a later um, a tournaments in, a, in, a, in, in, in what we call the performance tournaments, where the player has to, to play at the maximum level, is going to have more confidence to, to deliver. Because if we don't force them or we don't help them to, to use them in other type of tournaments, it might be difficult especially because of, you know, managing the stress in the important moments of the matches when the players, they don't have enough confidence or they don't have enough experience, will be very difficult for them to, to, to deliver. Another important uh, thing uh, that, I you know, that I consider very important is the tactical analysis. Um, I think, uh, I mean, before the matches, when we, when we sit down with the players and we talk about you know, how the situation could be on that, uh, on that particular match. I like to focus first on, uh, on the strengths and, and the self-patterns of, of the player, uh, even though that, of course, we have to know a little bit of the opponent, you know, what are the strengths and the weaknesses from the opponent and the style of play and, and what patterns are, are the, the opponents, the opponents uh, use, you know, um, it is important to, to, to know a little bit how the player is going to react in the different or in the hot moments of the, of the match, because then you have, then you can anticipate and then you can have, a, you know, a brief idea whether the player will go to one side or to the other or, or something. And it's also important to, uh, to have, let's say, multiple plans you know you have a, a plan that you think the match is going to go one way and then all of the sudden things change and and what is happening is not really what you were expecting so you have to have a, a plan b and i also take uh, the psychological aspect into account i think it's extremely important because in the important moments uh, is where the players are going to get their match on their hands or not 
And by analyzing the, the emotional part, the mental side, then you can have an idea of what is going to happen in the important moments and whether you have to be a little bit more calm and play more conservative or more offensive or also understand how the, op the opponent is going, to, is going to play. And after the match, I like to ask uh, the players feedback. Uh, instead of telling the player what I see, I like to ask them, you know, what they feel, what they see. I like to ask them questions, you know, so they are the ones that are answering about, you know, what is happening or what was happening, what was working well, what didn't work, what they would think, you know, they will do different in, a, in, a, in, in another match or, or, or whatever. And I think um, today we have a lot of technology and it is very important to rely on notational analysis because sometimes, you know, what we think or what the players uh, think, you know, is not uh, exactly, you know, what is happening. Today we have uh, different, uh, different options to see, uh, you know, exactly what happens uh, during the matches. And I think uh, notational analysis today play a very, very important role on the tactical behavior from, from the players. As a conclusive thought, uh, say that the best players' performance occurs when tactical, technical, physical and mental are in balance, that the high demands of today's tennis with high, uh, with high ball speeds and very little time to think force the players to play in a, in a more automatic uh, way, that the integral training uh, through manipulation and constraint, both in training and competition, is a key factor in players' tactical development and help the players to reach uh, their peak performance. Setting, developing uh, developmental goals and working on them in the different game situations with total transfer to the competition uh, is the most effective way of instilling tactical patterns in the player's DNA. And to finish, I want to, to give a tribute to my former player, Guillermo Garcia Lopez, who just announced uh, last November uh, his retirement from professional tennis. Uh, Guillermo um, achieved a high ranking of 23 in the world. He finished his career uh, with five titles in, in singles, three in doubles. And he has the, um, many, many victories over top 10 players such as Andy Roddick, Andrea Agassi, Rafa Nadal, Andy Murray, Stan Babrinka, uh, Carlos Moya, among uh, others. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Juan Manuel. Very good presentation. And also all the tribute for Guillermo Garcia Lopez, which was a wonderful player. And you did a wonderful career together. Thank you very much Thank for you. that. Thank you. Thank for, you. We, we will be ready for the next presentation for uh, Guido Frasque. Let me introduce Guido. Uh, he is an uh, ATP and uh, top um, trainer. He is in charge right, uh, right now in the German Tennis Federation, like a national coach uh, directing the coaching department with a thousand of coaches in Germany learning from a new platform and new program that they are doing. And thank you to, and also as a member of the ITF Commission. Thank you very much with, to be with us, Guido. Uh, let's do your presentation. Yes, hello everybody. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the development in, in junior tennis of the tactical development. And um, the situation I see uh, on a lot of courts is like this, that I see a lot of, focus on technique. I see a lot of focus on power. I see a lot of focus on physical ab uh, abilities on court. I see a lot of work in mental coaching, especially in high performance tennis. Often I see, I see practice sessions without any focus, but uh, the question is what about the tactic? So I think often we forget about the tactic and I think we have to practice more in technique. So Often the question is, what comes first in tennis? And uh, if I ask the coaches, what's coming first, technique or tactic? Um, in Germany, I would say it's, it's a question like, what is coming first? Like the chicken or the egg? So, so you don't know. Um, but for sure, and uh, Oscar already mentioned, is tactic and technique belongs together. So you cannot divide it. So there's no technical training without 
a tactical aspect. So if you do technical training, there's always be a technical uh, tactical situation. So if you want to improve a forehand, for example, you should know if it's a, a defense forehand, uh, if it's a forehand winner, or if it's a passing shot. So always, if you're going to improve the technique, you will have a tactical aspect. And also on the other side, there's no tactic with, uh, without technical ability. So yeah, for, for making special tactics, you need your strokes, you need maybe uh, a kick serve, whatever. If you have no technical abilities, you will have a very small tactical possibility. So this always belongs together. And for me, tennis is, is really a tactical sport and the technique helps to play tennis. But first of all, there is tactic. You want to play the ball over the net, uh, maybe in the corner, whatever. But it starts, it's a tactical sport. It's a game. And for this, you need your technique that helps you to play tennis. So what is tactic about? For me, it's perception. First of all, you need perception to see what's going on. Second is the anticipation is very important, especially in high performance. And the decisions. So uh, at the end, the decisions are the tactical, most tactical aspect. And in technical training, you have to improve all these three elements. So perception, anticipation, and the ability for decision, decision under pressure with uh, only a few, few times, with very uh, yeah, short time, uh, you need quick decisions. So for a coach, for me, it's important um, to have three, three aspects is first of all is getting knowledge. So you need to give the players information, general information, what helps you for tactic. This can be the net high. So in the middle, the net is not that high than if you play down the line. You need the court geometric. You, you should know what's the best to cover the court. You should know about the conditions. Um, the player should know about his own abilities and skills. And also it's good to know uh, about the abilities and skills of the opponent. And uh, you should have knowledge about different strategies also. So these things, these knowledge you have to coach to your, to your players. Um, and on the second side, the player has to learn and to employ, uh, improve playing patterns. So you have special special patterns, you have general patterns like serving serving wide serve, next ball this is a free corner. Um, this is a general pattern you can practice, you have to practice and you have to practice uh, different patterns. And you have to uh, practice with your players individual playing patterns. If your player has got a, a great backhand down the line, you should develop patterns where you can use this shot also. So you have general patterns and you have individual patterns. And for sure, um, you need patterns for different patterns for, for one situation. So if, you're, if you play a passing shot, you can play down the line, you can play cross court. So you have different possibilities. You have to practice, practice all the possibilities and the patterns. And, and the, the, the last stage, then it's a tactical training. And the tactical training is if you have your patterns, then the player has to decide what, what shot he will use of the possibilities he already practiced before. And uh, you have easy uh, situations with single choice um, situations or you have multiple choice. So you can start with, with easy situations. So the player has to decide long line or cross court. Or you have multiple choice situation where you have the, the possibilities of playing cross court down the line, playing a lob, whatever. So um, you should you should increase the level step by step. For sure, technical training needs playing points and it needs playing situations, match situations, and, and you can create and you have to create special situations as a coach. This can be. Um, Semi-open situations, like, like you, you're going to play cross-court and the player has to decide when to use the forehand. Or you can open situations like playing a match, playing a tie-break. So you can, you can work with your player, you can choose the situation and you should uh, do this with your players. And the difference between technical and tactical training for a coach is the, the kind of information you give. You don't give technical information, but you give tactical information. 
the position of the coach is different. So you're going to work with your player, you'll be close to the player and, and you play points, you play game situation and normally you have no basket drills. So you're going to play all the games situation and the coach is giving information um, about the solutions. So, um, so you always have a good mixture. I think it's good to have a good mixture um, yeah, of, of technical and technical knowledge. So you have to give information for both to the players. Uh, you give uh, opportunities how to solve special uh, situations. Um, you give information uh, and feedback about the, yeah, the solutions that the, the player has decided. Um, this already mentioned, so you gave the opportunities of the players, the possibilities the coach is giving, but at the end, the player has to decide what to do. So the player is deciding, and maybe after that, the coach is uh, having a conversation uh, with the player of the decision. Is this a good uh, decision? Uh, was it successful? Was it not successful? And the coach is giving feedback about the decisions. Coaches should create specific, uh, specific match situations. So um, uh, the job of a coach is to, okay to, to take a special situation and to improve the situation, what your player needs. And you have information about maybe the tournament, um, what was good, what was not so good. And so you can, you can create the situation your player has to improve. And then you can practice as an open or semi-open uh, situations. Normally for me, tactical coaching and tactical training is game-based. So you need a lot of uh, playing situations. And for me, it's very important um, to start at a young age with tactical training. And also um, you should know and you should talk about the player that not every tactic is successful at the beginning. So I think it's important to uh, think long-term. So uh, for example, if you... If you work with kids and they go to the net, often maybe they get a lob and it's not not successful at the beginning. But um, yeah, it's good to to talk with the player um, that some tactics maybe will be successful maybe uh, in one, two, or three years. Uh, but you should start very early to develop technical things. So what you should use is uh, for sure. Um, Statistics data, uh, Juan already mentioned. So it helps you to have some statistic data. Um, you can use uh, specific counting systems in practice. So if you play, for example, a foreign winner, it's, it's counting two points, uh, whatever. So you can, you can force the uh, decisions, decisions for the player with special counting systems. Um, it's good to use modern technique. You have a lot of nice apps, uh, video possibilities uh, to show the player what's going on. And uh, the coach can give uh, a lot of exercises uh, for playing. So you can give the players a special exercise and uh, with exercises, they, you're going to force some special yeah, effects on, on tactical decisions. So for me, tactical development needs time and experience. Uh, and that's the reason for me, it's, it's very help, helpful to start at a very young age with tactical basement training, uh, even in a red court and, and before you already can, can improve technical decisions. So start early, start game base um, already with young kids, you can start with tactical development. And I give you some, some tips for coaching um, for coaches. So if you do technical training, always have in mind that there's a tactical aspect. Also try to improve technical skills regularly, not, not one time in a month, try it regularly. Um, and yeah, every week, um, try to work on the technical aspect also. Um, the coaching of technical things needs full attention of the player because um, it's a work, it's a mental work. Also, you need full attention of the player for tactical decisions. Um, also, I think it's, it's important uh, to try to give players easy solutions. Not too complicated, easy solutions for the players. The feedback to give to the players should be uh, most time positive. So don't talk too much what is wrong, but give positive feedback. Um, it helps more than, than criticize the player. And really let the player decide. So the player has to learn to decide all the situations um, for the game and um, let kids 
play the game. Let's uh, yeah, let's kids play, and um, it's a game based um, yeah basic you you shouldn't uh, work on. And at the end, I want to give you three examples or four examples of practice what you can do. Um, what for me it helps. One for uh, possibility for me is to to com make a combination of technical drill and game situations. So you make a tactical drill, and after this, you would try to create a game situation. Um, I give you for, for one example um, here on the bottom. It's like a technical drill with a foreign inside out drill. And after this, you can do a, a tactical exercise with backhand cross court and using the foreign inside out, for example. Another possibility is uh, to start with open game situations. Um, and after the game situations, you see what's what's was working well and what wasn't working not that well. Then you're gonna go to the technical drill. And um, after this, you can go to the game situation again. So it's a combination of uh, making tactical analyzed, technical drill and tactical again. Third way I'm using is, uh, is always making technical drill, playing points, technical drill, playing points. So always um, yeah, change it from technical to technical. So um, you have like a, here different situations. You go back to the drill. You have a special situation. You go back to a uh, tactical drill. So this is another possibility. And the last for me, it's just doing only tactical drills, just playing points. One situation, you're going to open the situation more and more. Um, so it's good to, to, to start with a close or semi-open situation and you go more and more open situation. And at the end, you have playing normal points, playing a set, playing a tieback, whatever. And before you're going to, uh, yeah, you're going to start with the special situation. So, um, so that we can play only points. It's only technical. And the, the drills I, I told you before was a mixture. Uh, with technical and tactical drills. So these are for my experience, there are possibilities you can use on your daily practice. Thank you very much, Will. Magnificent presentation, uh, plenty of insights. Uh, thank you very much. We, we're gonna do uh, a space for questions to have uh, the possibility that people can do questions. But uh, in the moment, I wanna say first, that you can watch all the presentation and this panel will be recorded, you know, immediately. And you can watch until May 1st. This is very important because you have 35 days to watch all the presentation of the conference and also every live panel. And you can take notes and you can uh, uh, watch the presentation, stop, take your notes back again, Listen, Oscar, Juan Manuel, and Guido as many times as you want. One of the main purpose of the conference with the GPTCA, ATP, and our institute is keep learning, keep growing, keep trying to do the best version of yourself. That's why we are bringing the best coaches to you. Okay, uh, let's have a couple of questions. We have one for Juan. How much? Uh, much more tactical patterns and a strategy complicated uh, compared with the ITF, let's say one top 100 level players. I think the, the better the better player, I mean, the professional players, they have more clear idea of the way they play and, and the, the patterns they, they use are more, I mean, they use it in a, in a more automatic way. And they make better decisions than than in the juniors. In the juniors, I see often players who are playing uh, without having a plan. Uh, they are trying. I mean, they are trying to play, and they are you know making decisions sometimes uh, very fast. They go out of the rallies too soon. Uh, they don't have a really clarity uh, on on their own patterns on on their way. You know, um, I think the more advanced players, the more um, better players, they play more simple. Very good. By the way, uh, I will ask uh, to everyone who is making questions, put the country. Right now we have Oscar in the United States, Juan is in Croatia in a tournament, and uh, Guido is in Germany. That's uh, the possibility and the value of the technology that everyone 
can be together in this conference. Put in the co put please. Mate was the first questions. Uh, Arif is doing a question for Oscar. Hi, Oscar. I want to ask you about your reflection on a stroke. If I am not wrong, the momentum on reflection are going back. How we do? How we are doing that on fastball coming up? Well, depends if you are at the net or if you are back. But if you are back, there is plenty, plenty of time to get to ball. But remember, let's remember that balance has a lot to do with it. If you are totally balanced, you have no speed. In order to have speed to reach a ball, a fast ball, you move your head first, you lift your weight from the outside foot. This way you lean in that direction and you just follow in that direction and then you are very fast. The moment you see the ball, a fast ball still will take some time to come to you because it's slowing down. So that's why I was mentioned about being in present time and really looking at the ball. There is plenty of time in tennis. And that is proven by Nadal, for example, who reaches incredible balls because he looks at the ball so well that he can see the ball slowing down. And so he knows he has time. That's why he has the confidence to go for any ball, no matter how fast, way off the court and way off the sideline. And he gets there and makes a winner. So he had both the technical part to be able to execute that stroke. He has the confidence, he's practiced it enough also. And maybe you hit a cross court that is very sharp. And the guy runs like way off the court It hits a winner on the line. Amazing performances. So that's one of the things that we can learn. In Nadal, it's a great example also of managing the game, his, uh, the game. I would say you have time. Yeah, believe me, the tennis is not that fast a game as it looks to spectators. Yeah, for sure. Never the ball will be faster than your brain, no? <laughs> But this is uh, like a, this is like to play the video games. I mean, when you start in the first level, everything happens very fast, and you cannot really play the the game. And later, while you are improving, uh, things become easier, and you can go to next level. So when you see the the top players, of course, they I mean they look that they read everything and that they are on the you know on the ball easily. But things happens really fast. The thing is that they are very very good. Yeah, I think also if you compare with, with table tennis, um, tennis is not that fast, but um, yeah, it needs, if you have a good experience, um, your, your brain going to use to it and you're going to adapt and uh, then you have more time. Yeah, absolutely. There's a question of accumulation. That's why the brain is learning in progression. No, you need a system for that. Uh, let, let's, let's do another question. It's coming from Lucille. Uh, Lucille, is, it's, it's an open question to... Uh, the three of you, uh, you mentioned that the game is fast physically, yet Oscar say that the player can slow down time and focus fully on the present moment, and it gets him on the zone. Can you expand the idea? Okay, yes. This is a, an ability that we all have where we don't use. We can go like you could say exterior to the mind and then you're not thinking and you're just looking and all of a sudden the whole world turns slower. It happens to us all through life. You know, we can go up a mountain and then all of a sudden we feel so good and so calm. So uh, it's called the zone. And let me just give you an anecdote. I was teaching Guga Curtin you know, who won three French Opens. He was number one in the world in 2000. But I was coaching him at nine years old. And I was telling him, wait for the ball, wait for the ball. And then one time I was sitting and he, he turns to me and he says, how much do I have to wait? And I told him, wait until you panic, then you blast it, you know? And he took it to heart. And then the kid played the rest of his life in the zone. I think he was an extreme player. 
but I think often um, if if you are in a in a good shape and you know you're in your in your zone, everything is going easily. But often you you are not um, getting in this situation. So it always helps to have some some automatically patterns, and that helps you also to create enough time. If you had some some basics, you always can play even if you are in a in a bad shape or in a bad situation. Yeah, I agree with uh, with Guido about it, and and also I think it has to be as well with the with the confidence. I mean, tennis is a very emotional game, and even though we teach the players and we tell the players not to play too much, you know, thinking on the score, but the score makes the player to be up or down emotionally, and to get in the zone is much easier when you are uh, not really focusing on the on the score and things are happening automatically, and and of course when you are you know, having, I mean, being more successful. I can put an example also, you know, reading the, or, or returning the serves, the, the fast serves. Um, often players over the, the, the very big servers, they, they, they try to, to react too fast and to, and to hit the ball too early. And what happens is that it's totally the opposite. When you wait a little bit for the ball to come to you, then you can, uh, you know, neutralize the ball better. I think this is something what uh, Oscar was telling, you know, about uh, being on the on the zone. But uh, this is complicated thing. Couple more questions. Well, first regards for Mario Esteban from Spain, from Menorca, saying hello to uh, to all of you. And also, next question is from Hakan. Uh, it's talking about the question is about especially young players have difficulty in controlling their emotion towards the end or in training or even in a match. This, of course, affects everything. Which, what, which kind of a studies you can suggest that, uh, that they can work possibly in that situation? The best thing would be a drill that, you know, helps the person, you know, be in present time, you know, or confronting something, yeah. The more you observe, the less emotional you are. But if you don't observe what is going outside of you and you put your, your attention inwards on how you're reacting, you're going to react a lot more. So you're going to get more nervous. You're going to think more. Yeah, just don't think. Just feel the ball. Yeah. Well, one, Guido? I think, I think the constraint, the constraint-led approach works really well on that situation. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, Tony Nadal used to say, you know, uh, you have to practice the way you're competing and not the opposite. You know, I think when you uh, put the, um, the, the more real situation and you create the environment and the stress uh, to the player, uh, that, you know, the players start solving the, the problems. Uh, when the player is not used to, and then it has to, Uh, go through through that situation, then of course it's not going to be able to do it. Yeah, it's uh, one time many years ago, Jimmy Connor say, "No, be on the training, you will be on the match." No? Exactly. Well, it's this is for you, uh, Widow. It's coming from India. Yeah. You know, Mohammed Nasir is uh, beside technique and strategy. What does top coaches teach? to the top 100 players? What are your recommendations? Yeah, first of all, they have a lot of statistics for every player. So um, you need a special tactic for different opponents. Um, but I think every player has special playing patterns um, and they, they're going to improve all these patterns in, in perfection um, that they have special special uh, skills to improve and and they have uh, yeah special systems even if they are very close situations they 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 have their used used pattern and they know they have a lot of confidence and they know um yeah these these uh, things very easy because everybody has his own abilities and his own pattern and in a critical situation like five five all in the third set um you know what is the best you serve and you know what is the best return so you try to use these things easily Last question for Juan Manuel. Uh, it's coming from Hakan. Uh, can you explain constraint method? 
Uh, the constrained approach uh, consists consists in manipulating um, um, uh, the, the factors that um, uh, you know that that we have in in tennis. The first thing is that we can manipulate the individual, the player, in both ways, physical or psychological. That means, for example, we can put some more stress on the on the practice. We can create a, a, a situation in which the player has more stress than in a, in a, in a normal uh, practice. Uh, also physical, we can, for example, make the player or we can force the player to play with, without one arm, for example, or, or something. So we are forcing the player to uh, make decisions and to find the uh, solutions while I'm manipul uh, manipulating uh, their capacities. Another thing that we can manipulate is the environment. And I'm going to give the example of what I was saying before with the tournament. You know, you can change the different, I mean, the, the surface. That, that means if you are playing in a faster surface, you know, the way of playing, the player is going to adjust uh, their own style or the, the patterns to this uh, type of uh, situation or a slower one or, or whatever. Uh, and what we usually do more uh, manipulation to is the task. Uh, when we manipulate the task, uh, we are manipulating a lot of things like, for example, the rules, the scores, you know, for example, we can say we can put a drill in which the player uh, is not able to hit two backhands in a row um, with the same uh, spin. So it has to change between, you know, a toss spin or slice or flat or, or whatever. Or you can also manipulate that the player cannot hit two backhands in a row, so he has to move around and, and find a solution, you know, using an inside-out forehand or things like that. So the constraint layer approach at the end is manipulating the, the situations in, 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 the, in these three different uh, concepts, and, and, and that's it. And try to, to create, you know, uh, an environment that, uh, that has a total transfer to the, to the competition. Very good, Juan. Uh, thank you very much, Guido, Juan Manuel, Oscar, to be with us. It was a privilege, and I hope all the audience on the on the Zoom, uh, you enjoyed a lot all the insights and the key information that our main speakers share with you. Thank you very much again, Guido, Juan Manuel, and Oscar, to be at the second edition of the World Tennis Conference. Thank you, thank you for much. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye.